Hi, welcome to Orkanimi. This is Saratova Best. We are, uh, um, we're actually in Parshas Nasa and, but we're in the midst of, um, uh, a chaos, probably one of the biggest chaoses that the world has ever seen. We're in the days after Shavuos and, um, here we have these riots all over the United States. So, they remind us of the riots that happened in Tufshin and Aleph, um, 1991. And we want to look into, um, what, what is said in Tyra? What does the Rebbe say? What did, what was said in, in those, in that week when it was happening in 1991? Um, because it's really a, a parallel and a, a lesson for us. Should we be afraid? How should we look at people? What's going on? How do we look at the rioters? Are they afraid of us? Are we afraid of them? What exactly is going on? So, um, a couple of, um, thoughts just um i think we mentioned the other day that the very first we have here um a battle and the rioters the ones who are sincere not the people who are paid to come in and just make trouble and loot because it's a good opportunity but the people who are sincere that feel that they have a cause um that are the protesters not the rioters sorry the protesters the protesters are protesting what they feel is um, they want justice. Remember, they want tzedek v'yashir. They want justice. One of the seven mitzvahs for all the world, for seven mitzvahs in Enayah, for the whole world is establish courts of justice. Make sure that there's justice. And, of course, since we see the incredible divine providence that these riots happened, they sorry, these, these protests, began, started to foment exactly when Matan Tyra began, Thursday night, and then really took up speed right after Kabbalah Satira, right after, in the middle of Yantas, right after Kabbalah Satira, boom, everything really got going. And I think we said the other day that um, Chazal say, he's not Kaddish Baruch in my Here's Hashem made a condition when He created the world. He said to each and every creation, "I'm putting you temporarily with a learner's permit, so to speak, until the Torah is received. If if the Torah is received, boom, then you have kind of a more permanent. You really exist. You have a permanent existence. Right now, you're just into you're you're there, but on a condition, on a learner's permit, kind of." And then if the Tyra is received, then Atem Biskainen, then you um, will ex- substantially exist. Every creation. That was the, that was the uh, job description. And everybody signed on the dotted line. Every elephant, every giraffe, every swing, every trampoline, every, every car, every bus, everything. They all, you know, they all signed on the dotted line. Yes. Okay. We accept these are the conditions. And so every year when Matan Tyra comes along, it's the same thing. Now, the, the, the other half of it is if you, if you, if the world, if Tyra isn't exist, isn't accepted, God forbid, then the world goes back to chaos. Goes back to its original pre, it goes back to its original pre, It goes back to its original pre-creation 
reality, chaos. So, and I think we've been saying, unbelievable. Here we are. Chaos happened, right? Chaos erupted. Not in the whole world, but the whole Chasi Kader in the United States. Um, and we don't know how much it's affecting the rest of the world. Surely it is. Chaos erupted right after Matantara. Right as Matantara happened, boom. So clearly, Hashem, God, is demanding a deeper, deeper level of, of receiving the Tyra. So it's very simple. It's very logical. Here, here's the world. Here's the creation. Learners from it. You're, you're, you're there temporarily. Let's see if the Tyra is accepted. If it's accepted, you're there permanently. If it's not, chaos. Boom. So we work backwards and we realize that there's a demand for a deeper acceptance. And this is not just any longer acceptance of the, the Yidden uh, accepting the Torah, because the Torah the is for the entire world. So the seven mitzvahs that belong, that are the mitzvahs, that are the inheritance of all the nations of the world, they are ready for that. They are ready for Matan Torah, Kabbalah, Torah as well. And they are ready for a deep acceptance and a a deep acceptance of it, and they're demanding it from within the very innards of the world. They're saying, we want justice. Justice is one of their seven mitzvahs. And they're showing us with their activity that they even feel that all of the whole world's acceptance needs an upgrade. The world is saying it. We don't have to say it. We don't have to have some divine message come, you know, we don't have to read in the Chumash, oh, and the acceptance was. The world is saying we have, we, we want more of ourselves. We want ourselves to accept the Torah and to step into Torah and live it with, more fully. And you know that by seeing that the chaos then ensued. You just work backwards. It's, 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 it's a pointer to telling you what went wrong and what needs to be fixed. Fix how deeply the world accepts her, including our obligation to teach the world the Shevna Mitzvah. But they themselves are already coming to instinctively demanding the Shevna Mitzvah. Because what they're saying is essentially that if there are certain parts of American life that are this, if there are certain decisions in America that are made, not necessarily from the top, but a different strata, and the decisions are made based on um, not justice, but money, and maybe justice isn't uh, really getting its fair ability to uh, come out it, because of money. There's a lot of money and power involved. Um, the very innards of the world are saying, we don't want it anymore. And it all revolves around the whole thing with, you know, microchips installed into everybody's, under everybody's skin and swallowing a microchip and, 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 and vaccinations and forced vaccinations and this and that and all this other stuff and, and the way the medical system works and, you know, we're not gonna, we're not going to go into it. We're not going to mention it. So here we have these riots, and we're going to go back to Parshat Kisete because 
even though we're in Parsha's Nasa, it's a, it's, a, it's like two sister, sister Parshas. If at this point, we never would have put the two together. We never would have said Nasa Thresh B'nai Yisrael is a sister Parsha to Kisesid. So always know that we're learning something important when the, um, the, um, the lawnmowers come along. They want to hear too, but they, their desire to learn makes them so noisy that we go to other locations. So, so just think about it for a minute. This is talking about war. Going out to war over your enemies. And the Nukudah here that was brought up, we're going to look in a second. You're higher than your enemies. These are not true enemies. You're higher than your enemies. You can't say, oh, I go to war with my, with my enemies. They're not on their level. They're not on my level. We're talking about, we're talking about a different entity. Now, how does that go together? And, and that's the reality now. Sorry, what we wanted to say is that since these are the days of the blood libel, these are the days, as I said the other day, when the very, very first bre- first real blood libel happened in France in the end of the 1100s. And we we unfortunately know in Jewish history what blood libels were all about. And they were the ultimate in lies, the ultimate, the ultimate in um, taking something that has no basis in reality and literally a libel, a blood libel, building it up into a whole who knows what and and massacring whole communities of Yidin, Rahman, Islam, Hayalotia. And it happened many, 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 many times over five, six hundred years, a number of several hundred years, starting with the 12th century. That's what the, ma- the mobs are saying today. It was a blood libel, you know, it's racism. They're saying, they're saying racism is, Islam don't like certain kinds of people. And so you'll make up lies about certain kinds of people and you don't treat them fairly. That's the original blood libel. Only the difference is it was about Yidin then. And it was about Yaakov Avinu and his sons. And Esav and his sons went out with the most horrific vengeance, massacred, massacred tremendously. Based on a lot. And, and so we're talking about truth, the world of truth, and the world of false, the world of lies. And the world of lies looked like it was winning during the blood libels. I mean, it was, the last blood libel ended off with the Maharal. And the situation was that the Maharal spent his entire life fighting blood libels. And to the, the extent that he was so successful, his, started with his birth and he was so successful that the police came to him and said, Rabbi Lowy, we will never ever again, and we're writing it down in our records, in our official government records, we will never ever again believe a blood libel. There, it's over. Those several hundred years of terrible blood libels, they're over. And not so long after that, another blood libel happened. And this one was so cleverly done that the police said, Rabbi Lowy, we know we told you that we won't believe blood libels anymore, but this one's not a libel. This one's true. You 
you didn't really did something awful. And and the way I read it, the Maral went home and was so disturbed. He just felt like everything that he w- had worked for all his life to keep us safe and get rid of the lies from the world of lies, Alma de Shikra, from the world of Sheker, and destroy these blood libels and show what they are. It's just from the world of lies, fabrications from the world of lies, that he didn't gave their lives for hundreds of years, Al-Kiddush Hashem, for that. He went home and said, where do I go from here? All my work for nothing. And he as the way the book said it. Now, again, it's a book, so we don't know really. It's a novel. But that he was very disturbed and went to sleep and woke up in the morning. And Hashem had sent him a thought and some kind of information. And he, he realized he had this thought. Oh, go check this place, these people. And that's where he found the evidence of the lie. And he was able to do good detective work, bring it to the police, and the perpetrators were duly punished. And the it was revealed that it was a blood libel, and again, and everybody was safe. And the police stood up to protect us. So, And I believe that was the very last blood libel. But you notice before the very last one, when it looked like everything was geula already, then boom, what happens? Then thrust into a situation where it looks like back into Gullah. So this seems, this seems to be the pattern. And also we realize that the miracle is that all those centuries, Asav hated Yaakov and Juan and the lie, the lies that Asaph perpetrated about Yaakov were unspeakable to the point of massacring and massacring and massacring. And now, once the Rebbe has said that Asaph is ready to reveal the highest revelations, and he, he, the beer, the purification of Asaph has been completed, and he's re- ready to reveal the highest truths of Geula and the highest truth of everything. So now Asaph is standing up and demanding justice. Okay, he's saying because this person, you know, of this color was treated, it's all valid. It's all 100%. But the fact is that it's, it's a very big, 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 big reversal. And so we're not being targeted. I mean, quite honestly, Yidin are not being targeted. It's a very, very big thing because Asav is in a different place from us. So whenever we saw big mobs, big groups of non-Jews throughout history, we were always terrified because it always meant trouble is a small word. It meant massacre. It meant, whenever there were big groups of non-Jews around Jews, it meant, God forbid, they dug deeply into the the world of lies, Alma de Shikra, the world of lies, and from that world of lies, there is a lie that Esau lived with for a few thousand years that Yaakov Avinu is bad, and he hated us, and he has to destroy us. And it was the Crusades and the Holocaust and Stalinist Russia and, 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 and the pogroms and and the blood libels, unspeakable. 
And all this world of lies, Alma de Shikra, forced Yidin to give their lives al Kiddush Hashem for a couple of thousand years, for all of Jewish history. So deep within the the world of lies, with Asaph at the top threatening Yaakov Avinu, this was the source from which the Kiddush Hashem of Yidin came out. How did a Jew know who he is? Asaf told him. A Jew is somebody who will be Makadish Shem Shemayim, give his life al Kiddush Hashem. That's who a Jew is. How did he find out? Asaf gave him uh, <clears throat> the opportunity to test it out thousands of times in the most brutal ways. That's how Yidin found out who they are. For people who will be Mekadah Shem Shemayim. We're here to be Mekadah Shem Shemayim. But now we've stepped into a new role. We're going to see that in a second in the Sicha. We're here to be Mekadah Shem Shemayim in a different way. No butchering. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. No massacring. God forbid. And we need to step into our role as quickly as possible to show who we are, leaders of truth and light in a very, very pure way. So, Kiseite L'Mohama, let's find it. Um, Sorry, let's find it here. Kiseite L'Mohama is when you go out to war. Meaning you're in a situation, you're in a war-like situation, and you have to go out of your regular place. And it's very interesting. Everybody was quietly in their private, in our case, holy home, and all of a sudden, everybody went out. He says, everybody left their homes. Quarantine's over. Virus is over, it doesn't seem to be over, but quarantine's over, and everybody did kiseite. They all went out of their homes. What did they go to do? The Mulchama. They went out to, to make war. Enough sitting indoors, they went out, the Mulchama, to, to make war. If we go out also, we need to go out to create a war, but not a war against people, God forbid, a war against the world of falsehood. Because again, remember, right after Shavuot, until Chafsivan, the first blood libel was happening, and it was very horrific. And the Yidn on Chafsivan, the whole community, they were offered the choice to convert, God forbid, and they didn't, they refused it. And they left the world being burned to death, God forbid, men, women, and children, singing Aleinu, Sing the words of Aleinu. Beyond humanly possible. So this idea of Kisaitil Muhammad Alaivecha, um, which is happening now, let's see what it says. Avaitis um, Muhammad, let me just see here. One second. Okay. Since Kiseite comes before Kisavoy, and on the Shabbos that we read Kiseite, 
Mincha time, we reach, we read Kisava, and they're very opposite energies. Kisafil Muhammad, you're going out to war on your enemies, against your enemies, and Kisava, Kisava Ala'aris is the complete opposite energy. You're settled, and it's peaceful, and everything's good. So what is that telling you? Uh, that Kisafil Muhammad, which means it's really, um, a paradigm for a whole avida that we've done through all of Gullus, it needs to be done in a way of kisav el ha'aretz, When we are in the midst of a war, we need to be in a mode of peace, of understanding this is nothing other than us coming to the land, the land of Israel. And you settle it, and you inherit it, and you settle it. What does that mean if you're living in New York? Oh, yeah, I get it. it. Sounds ridiculous. They're riding on the streets so that I should buy a ticket and go to Israel. No. The whole world expands to become Eretz Yisrael, Machta Eretz Yisrael. I don't have to go anywhere. I mean, I might want to. But this war on the streets is being done, he says to the Muhammad, when you go to war, is being done so that, you know, so that the whole world should become Eretz Yisrael. The whole world should become a place where that's based on justice and truth. That's one of the big steps. That the, the people who live in the world should demand justice and truth. It wouldn't be much good if we, the Jewish people, we're all into justice and truth, and the rest of the world is into the opposite of truth, which is the way it was for a long time. We are into Torah and mitzvahs, and they're into other stuff. But now they're into Torah and mitzvahs too. Not in a way that they recognize, but the very thing that they're demanding, justice and, and truth, and all of that is part of their inheritance of Torah. So we need to, when we look out on this at the street and we see large groups of protesters of non-Jews, although it sparks memories of, uh-oh, this is very frightening. We need to understand that they're now on the streets to bring Geula. And we want to have that mindset when we look at them and assist them in stepping into that next step because our thoughts have an effect on them. So we want to not only not be afraid, it's fine, it'll be fine, but you know what? What's the example? A friend of mine and I were once driving out to Long Island and we came to a point where we were we had an appointment and we were in a rush and we come to a point where it's blocked up with cars, tons and tons of cars. So first, first we said, oh, my goodness, oh, no, look at all these cars, what are we going to do? And then we said, no, let's be positive. Wow, look at all these cars. So when we look at the crowds and the protesters, we could either say, based on old memories, and memories literally about that are happening in these days, only in the year 11, I think, 77, the end of the 1100s, the crowd means trouble for us. Look at all those people. Oh, my goodness. But now we want to say, look at all those people. Oh, my goodness. They're here to demand geula. They're here to line up and say, what, 
what do I need to do to bring Geula? Teach me and guide me. We're all here together. Teach us now. We're ready. Teach us now. It's not, we, we need to have that mindset because it's really true. It doesn't look true, but it's really true. Because the, the Avaita of war in purifying the world is in a way of Menucha and Nityashvas, in a way of peace and being settled. Because the time of Avaida, Hayom Lasaisam, because when we're doing the work, when we're working in the world and purifying it, it becomes obvious in Yisrael and through, obvious in us and through us, the situation before the creation. Before the world was created, there wasn't, there weren't any lies. There wasn't truth and lie. It was a whole different creation. In other words, before the creation of the world, it was very different. What was it? Hashem went to Nimlech Tzadikim. Hashem came to the souls of Tzadikim and said, should we create a world? And it's really an important question. Should we create a world? Hashem asked, should we create a world? You know, it's going to be tough, and there are going to be riots, and protesters, and this, and that, and lies, and truth, and all this other stuff. Would you like to create the world? And we said, yes, let's go for it. Knowing full well what would be involved. You see, as I speak now, there are helicopters to control the crowds right near our block. Right? So... So, but we're saying the situation, oh, Hashem asked us, do you want to create a world knowing full well all the stuff that happens in the world? And we said yes, which means that we're in an optional war. This is not a real war because we were asked to choose. Do you want, should we create a world? Well, we said, well, what will the world look like? Well, a lot of stuff, especially the year 2020. It's going to be crazy. And we thought about it. We said, let's do it. So if we chose this world, we chose, we agreed with Hashem and said, let's choose. Yes, create the world, please, Hashem. Yes, we're in. We're in. If so, then this was an, the, that we can't now say, oh, my goodness, I'm in the midst of a war. Not in the midst of a war. This is an optional war. You chose to create the world. You told Hashem, yes, I want the world. Please create it. Full well knowing that there would be wars in the world. So this is an optional war. You don't have to do it. This doesn't have to feel like a war for us. It's an optional war. And so I'm going to read the words. The avaita of war is with the knowledge. Vakara. The war is done in such a way that in truth you know that there's no enemy. If you chose to create, you chose that Hashem should create the world, and the world will involve wars, and you chose it, that means it's an optional war, which means it's not really a war because you don't really have an enemy. It's a fake war. It feels real. And it certainly felt real for all those millions of Yidden who were massacred al-Kiddush Hashem throughout the generations. No question that it felt very real. 
and we're at the end of the line. And we need to have that recognition because if we keep jumping back into, oh my goodness, again, anti-Semitism and it's just nothing ever changed, nothing ever changed, we need to let history move forward because if we don't, it will go backwards, God forbid. And we have to be very, very careful with our thoughts and our kavanas. We, Hashem is trying to push history forward. We dare not take it backwards to, oh, it's the blood libel and 1177. We can't do that. Because the Yavite of Muhammad is with the knowledge and the recognition that in truth, there is no enemy. Why? There's no enemy? Come on. Really? How do you say there's no enemy? Because the situation is on top of your enemies. Above your enemies. It's not me and my enemy on equal footing. There's no, it's, the enemies are, it, 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 we're not on the same level. This is not face-to-face combat. We're me'al o'yvecha, l'mayla me'yvecha. We're, we're coming from a very different place, spiritually. These are not enemies. There, there's trouble going on. But we're coming from, we're Lamaila Miyazacha. And we need to know that, that we're Lamaila Miyazacha. As it says in the Torah in Parshish Kisese. So what is the purpose of the war then? It's not a real war because there aren't real enemies because, because we're completely above the frequency of the enemies. Which means too, if we're completely above, above the frequency, In, on some level, we can become invisible to them because we're not on their frequency. We're not in their range of vision and vice versa. We need to look out into the world and people are getting scared by the news. And I say, well, then don't listen to the news because as somebody said, uh, we have to keep our noses in the book of Moses. And we do because that's the true frequency. We need to be looking at the truth, not what we see with our eyes. We already made that mistake once before when Maishar Benu told us he's coming down after 40 days and we trusted our eyes instead of what Torah told us. Torah says, boom, we're above the enemy. We're on a different frequency for him. It's not a, therefore it's not a real war. Plus you chose, you chose to create this world. So it's an optional war. So the whole thing is not real. And you need to look at the street and say, they're on a different frequency. I'm in a plastic bubble, they're in a plastic bubble. We, we see each other, but we really don't. We're operate, we're in different frequencies. We're in f- different, so to speak, time zones, frequency zones. They're doing their thing, we're doing our thing. We're here to bring the light of Mashiach and, and, and zap that group with the light of Mashiach, because that's what they want. Their deepest desire, <clears throat> whether they're aware of it or not, is to bring Geula. It's to have the Sheva Mitzvah, is to have justice and bring Geula. And they're expressing it in their way, according to their concerns about this kind of person and, you know, you know what happened. I'm not going to go into the details of what happened that made these riots happen. 
So this whole point, so what's the, the war for? If you don't have a real enemy and you're above the enemy, because you're not really, it's not, so he's not a real enemy. So what is the whole point of Kisei Tzil Muhammad? What is the point of this supposed war? The Tachlisa Matarasa, the Nasnu Hashem, or the Nisnu Hashem Elokech Biyadcha. That Hashem will put them, not the people, but the energy, into your hands. Yaser You'll collect the booty, the spoils of war. What are the spoils of war? Not a real war, and you're going to collect the spoils of war, and Hashem is going to give them into your hands. They've got a tremendous enthusiasm, right? Everybody knows that. They've got a lot of energy. Good, we need energy. We're tired. We need some guys on our team. You know, as Dr. Wernicke always tells the story, when he became the principal in very, very frightening, crime-ridden school in the South Bronx, and there were gangs, and they had nine principals per year or something, and they kept quitting. They couldn't. The gangs were so powerful. The gangs were so powerful, there's nothing you could do. So he came in right away, and he said, let's get the gangs, let's, Get the gangs on, I'll get the gangs on my side. Let's work together. Not I'll fight the gangs. I can't fight the gangs single-handedly. Why do they have to be gangs? Let them be a group. We'll work together. I need their energy. They're very powerful. They're very determined. Great. We need determined, powerful energy. Let's get the gangs on our side. So that's the union here. We've got a lot of enthusiastic people on the street. Let's get them on the side of Kedusha. They're anyway saying, we don't like the lies that, that the system is perpetrating. Good. You want truth? We want truth. Let's join. Perfect. That's what it means. Hashem will put them in your hands. We need your energy. We need your manpower. And we'll have the booty of war. What is Shaviv? Shevi Shalevecha. The booty, the spoils of your enemies. Um, uh, Shevi, Yisrael Chasrashon. You'll get the spoils of war. What does it mean here, the spoils of war? Daika. Sharon is what is this booty that we're trying to get out of this war that's happening all over the streets with the helicopters keeping us awake all night? What is the booty, the spoils of war that we're going to get? The sparks from Taihu. The sparks from Taihu. Reish Peches, 288 sparks of Ilama Taihu. We need them for Kedusha. Geula needs those sparks. They're the last sparks. They need to be, they need to be added to the, the pile. They need to be added to the energy of Geula. They can't be separate. Those 288 sparks, they're, they need to be joined to Kedusha. They should not be fighting Kedusha. So that's what the war is about. Us, Kedusha, us, truth, Tyra, grabbing hold of, through this interaction, those sparks of, from the Ilam of Tayhu. Where is this Ilam of Tayhu? Hasharita It is the source of your enemies. Shenahu v'neshu, 
they, these sparks of Kedusha, of Taihu, fell and settled, Shevid, the Dvarmagashmin, by the These sparks fell into the physical world. Way, way at the beginning. These sparks fell into the physical world. Asher, now interesting. What's happening in this war? They're looting Rahman Islam. Let it all be in the past. They looted stores. And a lot of people came in. They didn't really care about truth. They didn't care about justice. They just wanted to get their hands on some good electronic devices that they could get for free without having to pay. And whatever happened, and the police looked the other way, et cetera, et cetera. We're not going to mention it. But very interesting. A lot of the offshoot of this war was what we haven't, we didn't experience for two and a half months. For two and a half months, people said it's amazing. No looting. Crime went down in the whole time of quarantine. People weren't looting. It was amazing. All of a sudden, boom, they're going after the Gashmias. That's where the sparks of Taihu have fallen into. The Gashmias, you know, the, all the electronic equipment, all the stuff that was looted from the shelves of all the stores, that's the Gashmias. In this physical world, Asher al shall shalahem, when the Yidden do their birr, then Shaviv, we get the spoils of war. Meaning what? What do we need? We need the sparks of Kedusha that fell into Taihu. Who's from the world of Taihu? Who has these sparks? I need sparks. How many? 288. Okay. Who has them? Just tell me who has them. I'll get them for you. What do you want already? I'll get them for you. Who has them? You want sparks? You want sparks. Yeah, which sparks do you want? The 288 sparks. From where? From the world of Tayu. Why? Because Geula cannot really be complete without those 288 sparks. Okay, fine. I'll get you the 288 sparks. Where are they? In the world of Tayu. Okay, who has them? Well, who comes from the world of Tayu? Asav. Asav comes from the world of Tayu. Oh. Asaph comes from the world of Taihu. So Asaph is holding on to these 288 crucial sparks, crucial for the Geula. And he's from the world of Taihu, which means him letting go of those sparks is going to probably come to a very wild, chaotic experience. Massive chaos. Taihu is a place where the lights of Taihu are very chaotic. What do the lights of Taihu look like? Probably the streets of Brooklyn now. If you could describe, you know, every time when, when we give Shiram, we describe the lights of Taihu and then the vessels of Tikkun. The vessels of Tikkun look like, you know, the quiet, conservative, you know, a yid sitting in the base medrash, quietly learning, you know, quiet, everybody's shuckling and they're learning together and all that's very beautiful. Kalim of Tikkun, the vessels of Tikkun. That's Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is from the world of Tikkun. Quiet, nice, peaceful, beautiful, Torah, beautiful. The lights of the, the, that's the vessels of Tikkun. The lights of Taihu look like what the streets of Brooklyn look like now. You know, wild, insane, massive, chaotic. Of course, we know that a few weeks before this these riots in Kisete in 1991, a few weeks before, the Rebbe said on Kayach Nisan, and forever, and after that all the time, that our job is to put the, the lights of Taihu 
into the vessels of tikkun to fit their what we see on the streets of Brooklyn and L.A. and everywhere else in the U.S. now, what we see going on, to fit all of that, behind the scenes, inside of that are the lights of Tayu, to fit all of that into the vessels of Tikkun, into the world of Tayu. That's our job. Merge the two. That's our job. It's not a simple job. So, but, so the war happens so that through the war we receive the light of Taihu from Asav that are higher than the than they're higher in their source than the vest, than the lights of Tikkun Yaakov. Their lights are higher than our lights. Asav lights, Asav's lights are from Taihu. They're higher than Yaakov's lights. Can you believe it? We always figure like the Yid stands for Tyra and Truth. But the lights of Taihu, says here, are higher than the lights of Tikkun. They have the lights of Taihu. Asaph does. We have the lights of Tikkun. Yaakov Avinu does. Our job is to get the, get their lights. Geula means passionate, vibrant, Torah, Truth, Kedusha, passionate. Not quiet. Quiet also. But also passionate. They have it. Those lights of Taihu belong to them. The lights of Tikkun belong to us. Theirs are higher. We're supposed to get them. So they pass by our neighborhood without, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, harming us. God forbid. Thousands of years, a few thousand years, especially, we're saying, as I said, these days, from Shavuos to Chafsivan, days of the very original blood libel, we also were in the process of receiving the lights of Taihu from Esau, who was who was looking to massacre us. God forbid, God forbid. We were receiving the lights of Taihu from, from Esau, and they were going to our vessels of Tikkun, our lights of Tikkun, Yaakov. But it required horrific Kiddush Hashem on our part, simply giving our lives up. The crusades, the blood libels, the, the, the pogroms, the, the, the Holocaust, Stalinist Russia, and all the stuff before. And all that stuff before, all, since the beginning of Jewish history. All the, the Romans and the persecutions, all of Jewish history is all full of they hate us. They want to destroy us, etc. The lights of Taihu were coming into. They they weren't sitting quietly saying, "I don't know what you Jews do, but have a nice day. We're busy with our stuff." No, they always looked to interact with us in a very horrific way because their lights needed to come down into and merge with our lights. But it demanded kiddush Hashem from us, which was very tragic. It still demands Kiddush Hashem. But then we had to die for Kiddush Hashem. We had to give our lives up on Kiddush Hashem. And now the Avaita is, Asaph now is done. He wants to give us his life. Now we need to emerge with truth and know that they're in a different place, we're in a different place. The Kiddush Hashem that's demanded now is a higher Kiddush Hashem, but it means living Kiddush Hashem, not dying, God forbid, Kiddush Hashem. So 
We receive the lights of Tayu Asav, which are higher than the lights of Tikkun. This happens through the war. As it says, it's hinted at in the rest of the Pasha, Parsha, and the firstborn son, that was Asav, or that was Yaakov, you know, that was the question, who was born of the twins first, Yaakov or Asav, he was, he was, he was hated. Meaning, that through the purification of the world, purification means snia, purification of the world, you bring down the lights of Taihu that are the Bukhar, they're higher than the lights of Tiku. That's what we said. It's brought out in the Parsha. We said it already. Yusir Mizen, even more. What happens, what is revealed through this war? We did it, we went through it in 1991. Right? That, those, right after, what was 1991 when there were the riots? Literally two days after the Nebuah was said, which changed all of reality forever, and you can't go backwards, which was, he, you know, he gives man gulaskam and he needs a Mashiach Farba. That was said as a Nevua. The world changed forever, could never go back again. Boom. It's, here we are. Geula. Now it starts to unfold. That was a Nevua. No turning back. Two days later, boom. Chaos. The world erupts in chaos again. Riots. All over our neighborhood. Just, you see, every time it's the same thing. Boom. The world now needs to become a vessel. We're thrust, we were thrust then into, and this is this sikha that I'm reading is from that time, from that week, the week of the war. The, the, the riots didn't last so long. I think they lasted a week or so. The, what was the name of, what was the parsha during the riots? Kisese Lamochama, when you go out to war. Of course. It was the week of war. It was also the year. Of, you know, Mashiach stands on the rooftop of the base and musician tells us, all of this is for you. Don't be afraid. The time of your redemption has come. So here we are again, 91, almost 30 years later. 29 years later, is that it? Maybe. I guess so. So 28 plus. Kayach. 28 plus, you know, 28 years plus a few months because we didn't come to. Okay. Kayach years. Since those riots, and it's the same principle, only way more advanced, which is um, it becomes revealed in the world the true Messias of that the Yid. It becomes revealed in the world through this war that Yisrael, that Yaakov Avinu, is the Bechor, is higher than the world of Taihu. So that means that, that that their lights, the lights of Tayu, have to come down into the lights of Tikkun. They belong to Esav, but they're going to merge with Yaakov. Fine. And it becomes revealed in the world that higher than all of this is Yaakov Avinu. Because he's from Lifnei Atzimtum. Yaakov Avinu comes from the before the world was created. All of the problems that we're suffering from and always have have been because of the symptom. Once Hashem created a world in which he's hidden, hidden, you can have all this awful stuff. 
the reality before the symptom, before the world is created, there's perfection. The rest of the world comes from the from the the world. All the creations come from the world after the symptom. Once the world was created, all of these creations were created as part of the world. Only Yaakov Avinu and his sons come from before the symptom ever happened. Two totally different frequencies. He's from above the symptom. The rest of the world is from inside the symptom. He's from a reality in which there is no struggle. There is no pain. There is no, any Kiddush Hashem is just beautiful Kiddush Hashem. Not giving, not being massacred, God forbid. The massacre and the violence and the this and the that and the fear, it's all from inside the symptom. Yaakov Avinu's true reality is from before the symptom. There's no such thing. All of this stuff doesn't, there, doesn't exist. This is what Dr. Zezelenko was saying, that, that Esther Amalka took everything up to the level at which none of this stuff existed and still doesn't exist on that level. Just go up to a higher frequency, get in the spaceship, go to the spaceship. And that's what he's talking about. And that's what's happening now. And those, and, and sorry, we'll finish this and then we'll finish up. We're talking about Yaakov Avinu coming from a situation before the creation of the world. But yet it's coming down. The war is for it to be revealed that the Yid is from before creation. And that, and his reality, the, the Yaakov Avinu's reality to be injected into the world. Torah truth. And the world should come to the point where it demands it by itself, not we force it on them, they demand it. And all of this, that the Avaita can be done in a way of Menucha, and his Yashra's peace. Kipshuta, Menucha Senefesh, Menucha Seguf. How? Through this that Hashem gives to every single Yid, everything he needs, the Gashmis and Baruchnis, in the way of Harchava, from his open, broad hand, because he needs to give us this for us to do this very lofty avaita of grabbing these lights of Taihu, putting them into the vessels of Tikkun, and ushering in Geula. And now we see we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with the rest of the world. They want it. We want it. We need to just bring them to the point where they want it to the exclusion of all the external nonsense that they got used to all through the centuries, the junk. Just let the junk fall off, and we need to look at them when we see them in big crowds. Pictures, all the junk falling off, and they're just there for pure reasons. Even the people that are paid, they admitted that they're paid to they get paid lots of money to go and do protests and all that other stuff. Fine, whatever. And people are saying, and you know who's really behind this? I'm not going to say political names. And you know who's really behind this? But who's really behind those who are behind those who are behind those? Mashiach said, Kainu is running the whole thing. Hashem himself is running the whole thing. So, um, so just to end off, that as we said, these are the days of the original blood libel standing up in which, in which there was a fight, a war between truth and falsehood. A blood libel is um, the extreme, extreme uh, of of promoting lies and pretending that they're truth. And we know what the blood libels were based on. We're not even going to go into it. 
it was such even the people who were promoting the blood libels knew it was a total lie but it was good for their political you know stuff they knew they would whatever they they had political and financial reasons why they did it so at that point the world was ready to tolerate the proliferation of the ultimate lies and especially saying that a yid would, God forbid, you know, blood for matzah, like it was the ultimate lie. The world was at such a point where it was able to tolerate such an, in, such a horrific lie over and over and over and over and over again. The fabric of the world was willing to tolerate it. And the very yidden who stood for truth, the only way that Asav himself could promote this lie was by getting rid of Yaakov. Just burn them up and get rid of them, massacre them, like throw them away, get them away. We don't want to see them. As long as Asaph saw Yaakov walking down the street, Asaph knew I'm living, I'm, I'm trying to promote lies and pretend it's the truth. Every time I see another Yid, he reminds me that uh, I'm, I'm, this is insane, that I'm, I'm living a lie. I can't stand seeing him, seeing that Yid. Because he's reminding me that I'm living a lie. And I, I don't want to believe, be reminded that I'm living a lie. That's what Yaakov Avinu says. So let's get rid of him. God forbid. Hayalotia. So I don't have to look at him. I don't have to look at his face, Misha's face. And then that's it. And then I can live my lies. Josh still. That was what the fabric of the world was saying then. It no longer is willing to say that. And we need to add our weight to that to that war, the ultimate war. And there's a war going on in these days, too, about the vaccinations, the medicine that saves many, many people's lives that costs less than $20, and there's a huge war going on about static in, in terms of medical things. It's a very, very big war going on, and it's, it's pretty intense, and we're not going to say the details here. Anybody can watch the videos. It's happening in these days, too. And the world is, from its very fabric, is starting to protest lies. And we need to add our weight to that and stand up for truth and immerse ourselves. As we said, we need to keep our noses in the book of Moses and, and teach the world in any way we can in these days. Give them their connection to truth so that they should willingly give the sparks from Taihu to the place that they belong, which is in the world of Taihu, unified with the world of Taihu. Take their sparks, their 288 sparks, and bring them off voluntarily to Taira so that we should have a world of Gaula in the most passionate way. For all the passion that you see on the streets, that all should be funneled into truth Taira, Emes, Hashem Echad, Echad. And it should be, in this week, we said, what does it have to do with Nasa, Parshas Nasa? How is it a, uh, how is it a sister to Kiseite? Nasa Thrush B'nai Yisrael. Lift up the heads of the Yidden. The time has come. The, the way to do the war, although, as we said, it demanded actual Kiddush Hashem, now the war is happening. 
in the days when we're told, lift up your head, Yaakov Avinu, lift up your head and take a leadership role. Not this Reish Yisrael. Lift up your head. Lift up the way you learn Tyra. And stand up straight. Step into your true leadership role as the representatives, proud representatives of Torah truth. Teach this Torah truth to the whole world. And together we will all march to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.